Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee, ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply. Hello, good evening and welcome to another episode of Touchland Fracas. It's mad because fucking I'm saying good evening, but it's so loud outside. This is a bit confusing, man. But um, I'm joined by a very diverse uh, cast when it comes to clubs. Um, Ellis, how you doing, bro? What's going on, bro? How are you, man? Yeah, yeah, I'm well, I'm well. I'm well. Good, good, Taking good, it good. easy. Um, Sam, Sam, how you doing, bro? I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, man, you're there? Yeah. That's good, that's good, that's good. I see you got what? What, is that a new hairstyle or what? I guess so, yeah. I, I, I lost a lot of hair because it got tangled. Yeah. It was getting combed out. I, yeah. I don't know much about hair, innit? And then okay. they combed out like some nuts or something. I lost hair and they were like, you got to put in protective style. Yeah, so yeah. Good stuff to it. Okay, sick, so sick, the oils sick. And it. It's, like it's looking wavy style. still. It's looking wavy. the oils and that. It's looking wavy. It's looking wavy. It's moisture in. I'm learning. It's looking wavy. It's looking wavy. Shabs, how you doing, bro? You good? I'm good, man. I'm I can't complain, man. We've bro. had a little touch of football. 
this weekend at least. So yeah, fam, the way, the way how you're lighting, you're lighting the setup here, you look like the stick from um, Top Gear. I'm gonna turn on. I'm gonna hit a light, though, because yeah. I'm set. I'm sat by a window. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. hit a light. Yeah, hit, hit a light, my bro. Man was looking all mysterious and that. that yes, 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 yes. Kind of, kind of better, but we move, we move. Pulumi, what are you saying, bro? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? Lot? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine, man. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, you know, surviving lockdown and all of them things. But uh, we move, we move, we move. So, lads, finally, finally, oh, God came and blessed us down with some football. You know, again, like, amongst what's going on, we know, like, things are happening, lives are being lost. And at the, at the end of the day, the most important things, the most important thing is uh, human safety. But what Bundesliga have done is they've, uh, well, they started testing ages ago and they believe that it's safe to play football. So they've they've come back and uh, they blessed us with football yesterday and today. But we're going to start on yesterday's games. Did anybody watch them? Yep. Yeah, I, got, I got two games yesterday. Or yeah. parts of parts of nah, two. I was saddened. I didn't know. I didn't know they were on. Man didn't know, you know. What? Jesus. What? You lost your mind. I don't know. You know then you are sucked into the PlayStation. The 2K was 3 99 I got sucked in. Oh, fair And then I went to the Yeah, it was a setup. It was yeah, a setup. It's a setup still. It was a setup. Uh, uh, Shabs, chat to me, man. Uh, what game did you watch yesterday? Um, I took in the Dortmund game. All right, chat um, to me about that, that Dortmund rock, game. It's a game I, I watched as well. Rock, it was quite interesting. Yeah. I rock, I rock with the I rock with the Bundesliga. I'm a Dortmund, I'm, as you lot can see the top. Mm. Here, I'm a I collect these football shirts anyway, man. I've been Dortmund as well to watch a game or two a couple of years ago. Sick, nice, sick stadium. But um, yeah, man. I, I think like for me, it was just like quality was lacking. Dortmund were Dortmund were were were, were good. They were, they are a very good side. Um, but I think what you could see this was a derby game. Um, playing the like you know usually these are fiercely contested matches playing Schalke um, and it didn't look like Schalke were um, up to the paces at all like they weren't ready um, and Dortmund, Dortmund just capitalised on that I think when they've got a striker like Haaland he's just eating up everything in front of him um, and he didn't even look that sharp but he was still able to bag a goal he played reasonably well um, just the options that Dortmund had as well in the attacking in the attacking, um, their attacking options. So they didn't start with Jaden Sancho um, or Gio Reyna either. Gio Reyna is obviously new to their, newer to their setup, but he was on the bench, but they were still able to put on a good display. They had Brandt, who played some really, really good football yesterday. In fact, I think his football stood out, probably one of their best performers. Um, and who else did they have? Torgan Hazard as well. So... They looked they looked decent up front. Um, I didn't think it would be a four 0 game, but yeah, they 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 done the business, man. They played good football and scored some 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 good goals in the midst, man. So you can't really come you know, like, they they will have no complaints. Schalke will be really disappointed with that, though. To be mm-hmm. fair, yeah, uh, no, definitely. P- Pulumi, you said you watched the game. How do you feel about it, bro? Yeah, um, it's so interesting. Like the first, obviously, the first thing that like catches you is the obviously the lack of fans. Um, but for me, it wasn't actually that weird. Like I was, I quite enjoyed it. I think when England played, I think Croatia behind closed doors, and you can hear the shouts, you can hear like 
the ball connecting, like the touch and like the ball striking and that sort of stuff. That sort of stuff was gassing me. Like I was, I was so excited to just to be almost hear it. It felt like NBA mic'd up a bit. Like you know when you hear the bits um in between plays. Um, so yeah, that was that was obviously exciting. I know that from an entertainment perspective, it was a bit, it was a little bit weird. I saw someone on Twitter with like a, they basically played the crowd through YouTube and then watched the game at the same time. Um, in terms of the actual like football, um. They seemed a little bit rusty. Uh, I think some of the touches early on were were just looser. There was a little bit of maybe overconfidence. I was saying to my like saying to myself that I think the that the psychology of this must be very very like different. Still like still obviously it's, it's still challenging, but just challenging in a different way. Especially because like loads of people are going to tune in. Um, obviously it's a derby game as well, so I think that. Um, just how the, the the game started off quite cagey, uh, and just a little bit a little bit rugged, but when when Dortmund kind of got into the flow of things, it, it just looked as if like Schalke were nowhere nowhere near on their level. Keeper like had a proper nightmare, um, like one of the goals, and then also the clearance um, that he did for the second one it was awful. I thought um, Hakimi and Guerrero were top. Um, I know people are trying to cook a little agenda on Hakimi. Um, I mean, they get on Trent using Hakimi. I've been seeing that, uh, but now they're just they're they're a really good side. You can still see it. You can like technically the way they were trying to move the ball um, was was good, and and just the first goal in particular kind of encompassed that. When they like when they got the ball in between the lines, um, the four gonna Hazard ball was just fantastic. Um, like Shab said, um, Brandt was good. Haaland was Haaland was good. He he's 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 really weird. I think he's got like um, a real ruggedness to him. Like and obviously, like you see it just in terms of his style. Like he's a bit of a brute, but um, the, he can really, really finish. Like the goal, the goal he scored, um, his first goal. Like when it got whipped in, the way he opened his foot out was just—it looked effortless. It didn't look uncomfortable. It didn't look awkward. So despite him being a brute generally, like when he's finishing, takes me back to the PSG goal as well. Just like slaps it. He's got such like ice cold, in fact, finishing. Um, it's really, really interesting, uh, and uh, he sets the bar in, in that respect because. When I look at some like some other young strikers about, um, I think of like maybe someone like Tammy. Um, the ball's coming in from the left side onto his right foot. Does he control the finish as well as that? Um, so like he's just he's he's really good. He was really good to watch. And then like I I think it just showed as well. Um, yeah, that Schalke were just off it. Like the the shape. I I, I didn't really know the free the free at the back just stretched. They started off quite disciplined, but then you started to get like that space that we see a lot often in in the Bundesliga in our highlights. But I guess we got to see up front um, or up close, rather. Yeah, no, no, I definitely get you. But just touching on one of your points, uh, you spoke about Hakimi, and that's somebody we spoke about um, last week uh, as the Touchline Fracas listeners, um, you know, touted him as somebody that they would be watching and a young and up, upcoming prospect. He, um, well, he's, he's at Madrid, but on loan at Dortmund. You've seen the agendas, you've seen Trent, um, the Hakimi over Trent agendas. What do you think about that conversation? Because you're somebody that keeps your ears to the street. You know, you, you know these young footballers and you probably are at a, you know, uh, you're, you're, in a, you're, you're, you're certified enough to kind of compare uh, the two footballers. Uh, so what do you think about that comparison? Um, I think the, the the one thing that I'd say is like, they are different in that, um, they're both attacking football fullbacks, but with regards to like the the dynamic you'll get is very different. 
Um, so like Hakimi's speed in itself is like such a game changer. Like you're gonna get, he's gonna be able to get in behind more. Um, he's really, really aggressive in that way. Uh, whereas, and I think even like one v one when he has the ball, that is that obviously poses a massive threat. Um, so him and Sancho combine really well. But with someone like Trent, I'm not expecting as much aggressiveness going forward in terms of like him maybe running beyond you know the, the fullback and getting in behind in that way. Obviously, it does overlap, but it's just like a little bit. It's not in the same way, basically. And obviously, Trent's delivery is literally like top of the range. I still feel I think Trent's better um, purely because of that fact. I just think it's the stuff he does, the level that he does it at, is too high for him to not be like better than him. But at the same time, um, I think that where Hakimi's going to give you more of it is like that aggressiveness and that tenacity in terms of and that link to his speed, basically what that gives you is just a completely different dimension. And I think even defensively, I've never, I've never really seen him defend like astutely and like, or I don't watch him enough to be able to like really judge his 1v1 defending. But I'm guessing in my head, if I was, if I was a coach, if I wanted one in the team for that, purely because of his speed and his aggressiveness, almost similar to like um, Robertson, like he's got that tenacity. Um, I think maybe that's where I'd maybe pip him. But in terms of like Trent overall, I'd still say Trent's a bit better. Sick, sick, sick. Um, Ellis, did you watch the game at all? Yeah, I did. You know, I, I don't. I, 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 I'm not gonna ask you about um, Hakimi Trent because I probably know where you stand there. But um, <laughs> what, 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 what did you think about the game as a whole? And also, um, a point that Palumi brought up was Julian Brandt. Uh, he mm. he impressed a lot of people on social media. Uh, mm. I don't know. Well, you know, I, I know a bit about him. But uh, yeah, I'd just like to get your thoughts on and your thoughts on the game and your thoughts on Julian Brandt as a whole. Yeah, my thoughts on the game was that um, obviously Dortmund came out came out really really aggressive. Um, I thought Dortmund looked more up for it than Schalke. Schalke just looked like they just come off preseason. They thought everyone's going to take it easy, but Dortmund just looked like they picked it up from where they left off. Um, I think their attacking was very very forceful, very very dynamic. Uh, going on a point on Julian Brandt, I really enjoyed his performance. He was very, he was very uh, silky, elusive. Um, someone in our group chat made a point that he looked reminiscent of like um, a bit of that like Ozil, where they were trying to get him, but they couldn't get him. His one-touch passing was great. Even for the first goal, the link-up play with uh, Hazard, the little flick around the corner straight to Hazard, that was that was really good to to see. So yeah, Dortmund played well. Dortmund played well. Schalke didn't have any answers. Second half, they brought on a couple of players to try a bit, bit more forceful and a bit more direct. But once um, Dortmund got their third goal, it was just, I think the wind just come out of the cells. They couldn't really hack it. So, but yeah, going on a Julian Brand point, uh, I think he plays really well. He was at the orchestrator, that midfield, everything good was going through him. Um, towards the end, obviously, he was getting a bit tired. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the performance still, man. All right. Another question I'm going to ask you because uh, I'm just following on Palumi's point. And then after I ask you, I'm going to go to Sam. So again, mm. as uh, Palumi said, uh, Haaland was playing and, he, you know, he's just, he finishes, you know, the type of finishes he's showing and he's displaying. He seems like he's got a variety and he's hungry for goals. If I could, mm. offer, if I could offer you a swap tomorrow, Haaland uh, and Firmino, would you take it? And explain yeah. why. You, I would take it, yeah. Because he bags goals, 
And he's younger. Okay, and he's yeah, younger. Uh, he's, he's younger. And I know he will get the goals. And he ain't got no reservation in regards to hold-up play and that aspect of the game that Firmino nah, brings. Nah, nah, nah. Even, even for Guerrero's second goal, his hold-up play was good. And he, he was able to pass it around the corner for Guerrero. So he got the he got the ball in, I think, from Guerrero. A little death touch into Guerrero, back, back into for him to finish. So I ain't got no reservation with that, man. He's, he's called around that. Sick. Sam, you didn't watch the games yesterday, but same question that goes to you in regards to Firmino and Haaland. If I could offer you the, the swap tomorrow, would you take it and why? Uh, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, well, age, age, first of all, uh, age Haaland is performing at is why not? It, it, it's very likely that he'll only get better. So the 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 way Liverpool's attack will be with him at his current ability would already be great, let alone later on in the years. Um, yeah, he's a goal-getter, goal-scorer, clinical. Um, I think the, uh, the, the kind of compensation that comes with Firmino's play would be subsidised by um, Haaland's ability to finish. Yeah, no, that's... Can I just ask a question? You lot, yeah, um, Liverpool fans. Firmino is the system. Um, Firmino is the system. Defensive work, Firmino. Um, Samba baby, Firmino. Are you not really telling me that this is who you're ready to, you know, to to dash to the curb like this? I just need confirmation on that. And um, yeah, just just the first point quickly. Yeah, it's not it's not really about like dashing what? to the curb, but obviously as as time as time goes on, in it like football teams and football, you know well, believe me football teams, football systems involved in it. And if you're able to bring in such a talent like Haaland, who's, who's getting goals, like Sam said, at this young age and who has a very high ceiling, you bring him in, man, but then you can, you can adapt him to play a different way. Like, you can probably get him to play a bit deeper or do what Firmino does, but he's guaranteed going to bag more goals because he's got that ice-cold finishing. Hmm. Yeah, and it's, not, and it's not even a, there's a one type, type of way of playing and this is like at the end of the day, what what were our striking options? Do you know what I'm saying? Um, Klopp adapted with Firmino and it worked. But we we it's not like we have a striker like Haaland to then be debating over whether we're playing Firmino over Haaland or do you get what I'm saying? It's not a thing like that. It's just the debate is really whether Liverpool should be playing Firmino. That's that's really the debate, is it not? So that's so now just on that um, you know, just around this topic, if, um, let's say, you did have a front three consisting of Mane, Haaland, Salah, um, hmm. Haaland's very much a kind of running behind, um, you know, battering ram type of nine. You then have Mane, who, although it can be creative and has that in him, um, is more or less an inside forward in the system, hmm. aim is to get goals. Salah's very much the same, if not more, more so than Mane. Um, and then you then consider the midfield that you lot play with, uh, lacking in, in creativity, um, you know, but has it in industry and abundance, um, or industriousness rather. Um, where where does that kind of link happen if, if you then have Firmino gone? Because as much as you're saying that Haaland has some ability in that way, I don't think you can really compare the level that Firmino gives you at some of that stuff from first touch. That's a very good question, you know. And my, my thing is that he's integral to, for me, you know, I see him, especially with the midfield that Liverpool does have, I see him as integral to 
to to your system like in so many ways i just think like where does like exactly what palumi said i think it's a sick question that's the, I yeah, yeah i don't yeah, think he's I, integral I, by the way i don't think he's integral but i do think that like his his technique yeah. and all that sort of stuff um in terms of in just in terms of the link to some degree i, I think like for instance Liverpool win games with origi on the pitch do you get what i'm saying mm. so that's that's mm. not necessarily to say that Firmino's a a massive part in that way but i just think how do you not see it forming long term if let's say Firmino's out of the pitch altogether? That's what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it will come down to the midfield. I think I, I I guess it's a it's a thing where if Haaland does come in, then there's going to have to be some adjustments. But that it's inevitable anyway. Whether it's now or in three years' time, like that we're gonna have to change it up or unless we find a like for like replacement for Firmino, which I don't really see. So I think it's inevitable. Like getting an out and out goal scoring striker is inevitable for us. Mm. It's inevitable. I, so I, Yeah, true. And also I think if you see the way obviously everyone knows the way Liverpool play. Um currently we are lacking, obviously, like you said, in midfield, we're lacking a lot of creativity. So we're using we're using our fullback for a lot more. So a lot of play is going down down the wide spaces. So I, I feel like that will probably help some of that Harlem get into the box because we do spam crosses into the box whether we like it or not so then um, things like that where Salamana can pick up the pieces or we can do a quick one-two on the, on the, on the wings with, with um, the Salah pushing out wide and coming inside attacking from the side so I think it wouldn't be too much of a, a drastic change of Haaland because I think we'll still play the same way which is trying to be as direct as possible I think it would. I think there will be quite a change. I, for me, I think the biggest factor is age. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking like forward in terms of uh, the swap deal. Like if Haaland was the same age as Firmino, I'd, I probably wouldn't be leaning to Haaland the way I am now. Mm. But um, for me, it's definitely like an age thing. And do you know what I'm saying? I, I, again, having a manager like Klopp, I do feel he will uh, tinker or adjust to uh, getting the the front. Yeah, uh, funny, like it's funny you lot say this because obviously um, you haven't really been linked heavily with Haaland, but you have with Timo Werner. Werner, yeah. Um, so is that is that the same? Is that the kind of same thought process there um, in terms of him specifically, or because um, I watched I watched a bit of Leipzig game yesterday. Um, but yeah, just to throw that out there, is is that a similar thing? In terms I, th- of I, think, I think I think well, well was in a way, but the thing with Werner is that we'll have both. If we get Werner, we'll have both. Do you know what I'm saying? So, and and also like like you said, I watched the last fifteen of Leipzig, and um, what stood out to me was that Werner was playing more on the left, and he was dropping a bit deep. Yeah. So, so the, the notion of Werner coming in to play centre is a bit, I don't know, is a bit. I won't say redundant, but it, it, like in my head, I was trying to figure out like where would he play because mm. he's playing on the left and he's dropping deep and he's trying to make play. Then they had Paulson up front, who was an out and out number nine. So where where would Werner where would Werner go? Is it is he's gonna stay on the left, money will switch to the right, Salo go through the middle, do we change shape? So that that would be interesting. To yeah, see. there isn't really a right answer because it's we're going off the basis of the midfield and everything staying the same, you know what I'm saying? But if there was a swap yeah. deal with Haaland, there's it's likely things will change like in the clubs always buying and bringing in new players. We it's hard to say, but I'll, I'll take the swap they were off the strength of his age. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so you guys briefly touched on it. I know not everybody watched the match, but uh, RB they played yesterday. Um, how did that? I, I didn't match. I didn't watch that match at all. So can somebody tell me how that went, or you know how ten minutes or fifteen minutes went? I'd like to just. I tuned. I tuned in like to that. Um, probably like last 25, 30 minutes. Um, so I, I think I literally saw that um, Lookman was, was playing. So I was like, yeah, let me go see sort of thing. Um, and from literally from when I tuned in, they would they just missed a bundle of chances. Um, Paulson equalised. So they, they'd gone to go down from a corner. Paulson equalised. But when he was coming off, so when he got subbed, um, I think the graphic said, oh, I don't know if he got subbed actually now. I'm off my memory. But anyway, a graphic showed that he'd... he'd um, kind of scored one in his six shots in a game or something. Um, Lookman missed a really, really good chance. Um, Patrick Schick came off the bench, missed a big chance. Um, so that they, they had a lot of the ball, um, a lot of like, crosses across the face of goal, um, a lot of good chances, and they just really couldn't bury them. I think the shape, the shape they used was a 4-2-2-2, which is kind of like staple Leipzig. But I think if anyone had watched the Champions League games, they'd been playing with a, with a back three. Um, with um, like so, it's, it's kind of it's just interesting, like how flexible that they they are. Uh, at like, maybe last minute, ninetieth minute, Freibo scored a goal from a um, from a free kick, and then VAR came, like it always does, yeah, to, um, to kind yeah. of yeah to ruin things. Um, so that <laughs> yeah. was that was that was big. Um, but in terms of the the just the, I think that might be down to rustiness. I, I like saw someone say that like Lookman's crap and stuff like this, and I just think it's hard even um, to judge players on the first day back, like, from all of this. Lookman specifically is someone that hadn't played a lot of football, like, all year anyway. But, um, mm. yeah, like, I was just reading that, like, um, German teams came back kind of some, some maybe as, as early as 23rd of March, but others, like, the 6th of April. Um, oh, wow. 6th of April is obviously five, six weeks, but five, six weeks of training. Um, obviously, I haven't had, like, a, any pre-season games, any sorts of friendlies, so... This is your. This is essentially your first day to kind of, to get the, you know, the rust or or the, the cobwebs off sort of thing. So, it's a tough one. But yeah, they 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 looked quite sharp as a team generally. But in terms of the finishing, it was just poor. Obviously, I don't watch them usually in ter- like in the league, so I'm not really sure what they're about. But I think they struggled a bit. Like the the Freiburg had them kind of like had camped had basically camped in in their own box for large proportions of what I was seeing. So. It was it was hard for them to penetrate, really. Yeah, I did. I did. I didn't see the whole game either. I just um, caught um, highlights of of the Leipzig game. Um, but yeah, I, again, I think it was it was lacking in quality. Um, it's it, it's kind of to be expected as well. Um, Sabitza is a key player for them. He didn't he didn't play yesterday. I'm not sure why. Um, they signed Danny Olmo in. Um, when did they sign him? Was it some window in it? They signed yeah. him. He didn't play. He was on the bench yesterday. I'm not sure what 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 happened. Is it a fitness issue? Something else going on, on there? But I think a key thing to 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 take in, in Germany. I think a lot of the the results yesterday were um, quite poor. They were like, I think not, none of the games. Well, I think one of the games was scoreless, wasn't it? One or two of the games. There was this one all draw, um, and then teams were just looking like Eva just getting blitzed. Like um, the Dortmund game or Munchen um, Gladbach as well, they bagged a couple of goals, didn't they? Yesterday, and just the defending was poor. When you consider Germany, you have to remember they had a winter break as well in December, 
They came yeah. back not too long before um, we broke again for coronavirus. I think they had three or four match days um, as well. So players have gone a month without actually playing football and then have played like three, four rounds, if even that. And then has gone off now for what, what like two months been suspended before. So a lot of the physical state and conditioning of players is going to be so out of fits and sorts. Um, their match conditioning, their match like rustiness and, um, and whatnot, I think it's an important point to consider. And I genuinely don't believe, I think we'll see a similar effect in any league that resumes. And I genuinely don't believe that we'll um, start to see um, good football across each round until we've played like a good four four rounds, five rounds. I think they've got, what, what nine left? Mm. Eight left, something like that. So I think we're going to have like maybe like half of that time of mediocre mediocre results and some shockers as well. I think there's going to be some games which are absolute shockers as well where you just wouldn't expect um, the results to go that way and they just go away where a, 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 a poor side, two teams have played really poor, but the one you don't expect to win just, 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 just gets it. I think that, that, that will happen. I think it did happen this weekend as well. I'm trying to remember who actually played. But yeah, I think that's an important point to consider with the football in in, in Germany and their, their, their winter break. Yeah, no, uh, you know, naturally, I don't think anybody's coming back and just thinking, yeah. Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Um, play uh, teams and the players should be you know up and running at a hundred percent. But another uh, one player I do want to speak on, uh, Adamola Lookman. Um, you know, it's, he's had an interesting time. You know, was at Everton, didn't quite work out. He's gone to RB. I think what his first season there, he d- he done really well. But um, I'm not too sure why he's kind of fell out of sorts. I'm not too sure what's going on regarding him. But he's very very bright. I I personally like him, and I'm not judging him off um, a, a poor vein of form. But I just want to know more about him, more, more about how he played yesterday and where, you know, anyone thinks he's going wrong and what he can do to improve. Um, I think Lookman's like a proper interesting player because um, th- even like his rise into football is really weird. Like um, signing for Charlton at like around, around 15, 16. So he got into football really late. Um, and immediately, like within a year or two, he was playing Charlton's first team. That did really well there, a um, little bit in the championship and then in League One. Then he's moved to um, Everton. Initially, obviously scoring on his debut um, with Koeman, that kind of, I think his next couple of games was a little bit more difficult. But by then, you know, you've just signed for like um, a couple million pounds, um, just fresh off League One. It's, it was going to take time, as it did with someone like Calvert-Lewin. Um, but one of the things that I think harmed him most is obviously the managerial changes in between that time. So... Um, when Kuman got sacked, they brought in Big Sam. Um, like, or they had, and in between that, obviously, um, Big Sam wasn't a massive fan of his, I think. Um, I think Lookman backs himself and feels like he should have been playing a bit more. There was a point where um, in the January, Big Sam said um, he should go to Derby on loan, basically. And he chose to go to Leipzig. Um, and when he did that, um, this first spell you're talking about, I think he backed like six or seven goals in his last 11 games. 
So he had a crazy run in the Bundesliga. Um, and his manager at the time was Ralph Hassan Hussel, who's at Southampton now. Um, so he did really well there. And, when he, and because of doing well there, his stock was higher. So everybody wanted him to come back to Everton. Obviously under Marco Silva. Um, I think I missed a little bit in there. Just like, I think David Unsworth was manager for a bit. And he, he um, before they got Big Sam, yeah. And he scored like a couple of goals in Europa League whilst they were there. Um, like did, had done really well, or well enough for people to really take notice. Um, Big Sam came in, says he should go to Derby, goes to Leipzig, has a dig at him for for not doing um, for not doing that, and then he went and and had a like, splendid loan. Um, and yeah, Marcus Silva kind of wanted him to stay, but the signings around that, obviously signing Richarlison, signing Bernard, it then kind of pushed him down the pecking order. And obviously he wanted to leave, so head wasn't probably in the right place initially. And I think all of that um, probably didn't help his time at Everton. Um, so when he wanted to, eventually him leaving is kind of like delayed that development. Not He's literally had limited minutes. If you look at like the number of starts he's had since he's been at Everton, he'd be like really shocked. Um, he's someone that like, when England won the World Cup, the under-20s, um, star of the show, I think Solanke won like golden ball, but he was certainly like our best player. Um, he's a map, like he's a big talent. And I think it's it's so it's so easy to forget because in 18 months or so, things haven't gone as well as they could have. Um, but he's not someone that I think um, I look at personally and think he's not hungry, um, he's not good enough or, or maybe isn't as committed. I think it's literally just the circumstances. Um, and obviously of joining a new team. So like the manager he had when he was there initially, he was playing up, up off the left and more or less up front um, with Werner at a time under Hassan Hüttel. Now he's kind of, um, like yesterday, played on the right, didn't do too well. Had the same issue at Everton when he was playing off the right. Um, so it's, and, and I guess for him, it's a thing where he just needs to get in the team and make an impact. So can't even necessarily complain about where he's playing. Um, but yeah, so it's just hard. And, and, and Nagelsmann's quite a tinker man in terms of like, he'll play, he moves around his front three particularly a lot. And Cuckoo will play up there. Schick will play up there. Werner will play off the left or up front. Paulson, um, Sabitza, Forsberg. These are all players that can play in surrounding areas. So he's got a lot of competition. Um so I just find, I think, it, I think obviously he's finding minutes hard to come by and with it then performances, which, and I think that link is so logical um, and so like sensible that it's, it's almost too easy for people to recognise. And as a result, he just kind of gets called rubbish and this, that and other. But yeah. Yeah, I, I find it quite interesting. Do you know what it is like? Uh, and I feel like it's probably been in recent years, uh, well, probably since like Robin and Rubery. Um, I feel like... It's, 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 it's weird. Now a right-footed right-winger is a specialist position. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And like a good right-footed right-winger. I feel like right-footed players, because of how the games change, find it hard to play off the right. Um, and it's because it's a different type of skill set, i.e. you're going out on the outside and your game is more centred around creation and crossing rather than cutting in and, you know, getting a shot of or, 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 or you know, or, or something like that, or even creating or a through pass or whatever. Um, yeah. A player that does it really well off the right is Jaden Sancho. But again, yeah. he comes in and he plays a lot of outside of foot passes. Do you know what I mean? Things, things like that. And he kind of creates and links up uh, like that. Why do you think that's kind of like the case with like players struggling off the right, even though they're right for I think what you said, like, is is a lot of down to just in terms of like how they've developed a lot of academies now you're playing if you're right footed you're playing as inside forward it's a, it's just a thing do you get what I mean overlapping fullbacks are a massive thing so that those actions in terms of um, and the, the repetition of those actions you've got to remember these are playing in this way more often than not um, let's say 80% of the time they're playing they're, they're memorising these movements 
So if I get into a tight spot, I know I can just bounce it inside to the centre mid. Mm. Um, but inside from the left is easier because that person might be able to play the overlapping fullback a little bit easier or you might be able to get into a position to receive it in the pocket and, and shoot quicker. Whereas when you're on the right side, you're shooting a cross goal as opposed to kind of bending it far post, which is a, is a little bit more of a difficult skill. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also, just in terms of what you're saying, crossing and, and that ability to dribble wide, like Leroy Sane mm-hmm. is fantastic at doing that. But that's not something that is, is common. That skill is not common anymore. People like Nicolas Pepe, when you see them, like, I, would, I think watching Nicolas Pepe on the left would, be, would just look awkward. Do you get yeah. what I mean? Watching yeah. Zaha on the right looks a bit more awkward. It's such a common thing. And I think um, people that assume, even like someone like Neymar, I think Neymar's like played off the right at Barca and just didn't look that look as good. So I've, um, it's hard, but it's just part of the development. It's a, it's a different, you're a different type of winger if you play off the right. People like, um, I was just going to sound like a shameless plug, plug but someone like um, San, um, Hudson Adoy, that's mm. so under it's underrated that he can get down the outside and cross the ball because a mm. lot of players can't do it. And I think it's it's seen as a basic skill, and it is basic in that it's not it doesn't take massive amounts of ability, but I do think that differentiation in your game is something to be admired because a lot of players can't do it. Do you know what I mean? Um and yeah, even if you think of maybe maybe someone like Chamberlain, Oxley Chamberlain, um, he was really good at getting down the right. Mm-hmm. But now to my to my knowledge, I can't think of a time where he played incredibly well off the left, cutting in and Inside forward type winger, so there is a yes, right. there is it's a right difference right. in the um there's a difference in the in the talents um so yeah I've, I just think it's about kind of memory muscle memory in terms or obviously not muscle memory but whatever the equivalent is to to football in terms of what you're used to doing um it's a different skill set um and it, and it's not easy to just kind of be to be popped into one of those positions do you know what I mean and expected mm. to perform at the same level. Yeah, no, I, def- I definitely agree with you. And I kind of look at those wingers, i.e. like Leroy Sane, as old-fashioned wingers, just like the way how they go to the byline and, you know, they cross or, you know, things like that. I, I, it's something that I, I personally really, really like. And what I see is when a lot of players um, that are comfortable uh, playing inside forward go on their right, their first thing to do is try kick and run. It's a pace issue. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me go past them with pace. Well, it, but if you put them on the other side, that's the last thing they try yeah, to trickery, yeah. Yeah, yeah, do. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say? Bro. So it's really, yeah, really yeah, interesting. Yeah. What's, mad, what's yeah. mad about that, yeah, is that, yeah. so when you mentioned Sane, obviously he can go down the outside, but Sane can dribble into the inside, Fact. but he just dribbles inside with his left foot. Yes, yeah. So he's got a lot of, like, um, his, and that just shows that his dribbling tech is really, really high because he's able to go either side with the same foot. Obviously, some people are um, ambipedal and they can go either way like Greenwood. Um, but um, the, the fact that he can dribble inside into traffic comfortably, keep his head up, that sort of stuff, that's mad. Whereas a lot of players um, just might find that more difficult. Do you get what I mean? So, yeah, no, it's super interesting. Yeah, no, definitely find it interesting. Um, I'm going to skip over the, the, the later games yesterday um, because I watched a bit of it and it was only to see Turam and is, what what is his name play or play or whatever wherever they play, call it yeah, yeah play and Mbolo. yeah I'm 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 off on the Mbolo uh, train yeah from, do you know what I mean yeah. know, I I watched like five minutes of it and I saw him take two heavy touches I was like yeah. nah yeah I, I, and the thing is I didn't want to judge uh, the two players that I was looking out uh, looking out for because of I know the current situation. Uh, and mm. do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, mm. uh, play, play kind of, he looks quite sharp and he looks quite interesting. Turan looked 
like his main attribute was PMP, which is a bit worrying in the Bundesliga, um, as it's you know it 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 it, it suits a PMP type of player. I don't know, uh, Palum, if you know a bit more about those players and j- just nah, your thoughts. I literally, literally don't. The only time I've seen um, Turan play, other than other than um, no, in fact, no, I didn't even watch yesterday's game. The only time I've seen Marcus Turan play properly was um, England. 21s versus France 21s mm-hmm. and he, okay. he literally chopped up Wambazaka. It's the only time I've seen <laughs> oh, like, it was so mad. Like, Wambazaka was sl- lit I've never the guy was on skates. I've never seen if you if you literally do anything right now after this, go and just look at highlights of that, that game. It was scary. I couldn't believe it. And I think Twitter was even like, wait, what? Like this is mad. Mm. Um that's the only time I've seen him play to be fair. And I think Plea I've heard please name a lot because he used to play for Nice. I think even the the move there was was a little bit strange. Like I didn't I, like I didn't see it coming. I thought he was going to go to like a Dortmund or maybe a Prem club. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen much of him either. I just know that they're both quite pacey. Um, that's not profiling. They're actually quick. Um, and um, I saw like a uh, the police scored a really really crazy volley, like mm. a few months a, a few months ago. Like it looked like what he did. He looked like he was going to strike it off his. Oh, was that it? Yeah, 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 crazy. But yeah, other than that, I ain't seen either of them. Shabs, Shabs, you've got your Dortmund top on, so I'm just expecting you to know a bit, a bit, a bit more. Uh, I don't, I don't know what that means, but yeah, bro, we, we telling me, have you you seen them too? Um, not heaps of them either. To be fair, um, watch it. I, I tried to take in a couple of um, Mönchengladbach games because um. I'm close with German Dan. I talk to him a lot. And um, Arsenal were linked with um, Marcus Rose and he sings Marcus Rose's praises um, a lot. And I'm sure Marcus Rose is the coach. So I, tr- I tried to watch a couple of their games. Um, it was difficult, difficult viewing for me because I, I didn't think the football was that good. But um, to Ram, I don't know. Like he's, he can, he's got the capabilities to, 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 to be a centre-forward, but he plays a lot off of the left. Um, he's, I've never, I haven't, personally watched the performance from him where I've seen him and say, yeah, he's amazing. Um, even in that league and um, his numbers, I'm not always one who goes off stats. I think like, yes, yeah, important to take in the performance and what he does and what his profile, his profile, his profile of player he is, is okay. But his numbers aren't, aren't particularly great. Like he's bagged, what, seven goals this season, I think. Um, so for for me personally, and I haven't seen a, a a good performance, but I say that with the caveat that I haven't watched them a lot. Um, and Plea is the same. I, I don't think I've got anything um, to say about him in addition to what um, has already been said about him, to be fair. Cool. Fair enough. Uh, going on to today's game, uh, Bayern Munich. Sam, were you playing PlayStation or were you able to catch the Bayern Munich game? Neither. I what Christ. time was that? Oh my god! <laughs> what time was that? Yo, you know what? I don't even look at my phone anymore. Yeah. I, yo, what? Uh, I'm trying. I'm to came on here for the vibes, bro. My said by force, I'm gonna be sociable. I wanted to break uh, bake a loaf of bread, yeah, but I didn't have flour, and I was looking for. What? It was a it was a weird day. It was a weird day. I don't. What time did they play today? Like, <laughs> like, like five ish, five ish. It was a five o'clock kickoff. Yeah, what was so? Who who watched it? Who wants to take lead and just let me know what you th- thought about uh, and stand up oh, players I today? 
I didn't even catch it. I didn't even catch it. I like five minutes. Shabs Kalumi, did you? Did any of you see it? No, I actually, I, I literally didn't watch the game today. But that was because I got my fix yesterday, and I was like, it was enough of a fix. Yeah, it was enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah I watched That's a lot of more yesterday. Yeah. Still, so. I watched a couple of matches and I got my fix. I was like, no, did, you not, did you watch it? Yeah, no, no I, I, I watched it. It's fine. Dory, 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 lads, I, I got us covered. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I watched the match again, uh, as everybody said, because it's been um, a long break for the Bundesliga and well, for everybody in general, uh, the, the quality wasn't really, really there. They, uh, Bayern Munich missed a, 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 few, a few chances. They missed a few chances. For me, it should have been maybe a 4 5 nil game. Uh, you know, they had an offside, they had an offside, offside chance where... If if uh, Muller leaves the ball, uh, Gnabry's header possibly. I think it well it does go in, but VAR anyway uh, rules it as offside. Then overall, I just feel like the game was, you know, lacking quality. But the main thing I really really wanted to speak on is Lewandowski. So he, uh, you know, bagged again today, and I kind of wanted to kind of go through his stats over the past five seasons and then asked a few questions regarding Robert Lewandowski. What was the so, score, by the way? 2-0. Two, 2-0 two was the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I, I, I feel like Davis, again, Davis played really, really well. He's somebody that's really impressing me. Um, mm. Yeah, no. Nah, uh, Bayern Munich, if they get, you know, Leroy Sane and, yeah, they, they, they might do absolute madness. But... Yeah, Robert Lewandowski is somebody that really interests me. I, 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 you know, striker, that's my favourite position. I really, really love strikers. So, 2015-2016, 42 goals. 2016-2017, 43 goals. 2017-2018, 41 goals. 2018-2019, 40 goals. And in this current season, he's currently on 40 goals meaning he's bagged 40-plus goals for the last five seasons, yeah, which is absolutely unreal. Um, what I wanted to ask is, where do you guys rate him as, you know, so when we're talking about strikers, we're talking about bet strikers that's played the game in our, in, you know, in our, in our lifetime or, you know, strikers seen on YouTube, but where do you rate him against the greats? Because I want to get into, you know, a more deeper conversation regarding him. With the greats, mm. and the numbers speak for themselves. To be fair, well, that's I'm, what one, one, what 40, 40, 40 times five. That's yeah, two bills worth of goals there. Not I mean, even just the stats. Watching him play, I'll definitely put him up there as a yeah, striker. Man. As a striker, he, I, I feel he's he's a bit of a blend because he, I feel he like volleys and hits with the technique of like a Van Persie. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. I feel. Uh, wait. Let me think. He's got. Yeah, he's of that I bracket. He's, he's a cold he'll finisher. He'll be top twenty-five, wouldn't he? Of, mm, yeah, definitely. He's up there, man. He's do, up there. Do Do you think? So you said top twenty-five. Do you think you've the fact that you've said top twenty-five is the fact that he has spent his whole career in Germany, and if he was in the Premiership? Doing the numbers he's currently doing, he would de- he will be t- he will be debated as top five or something. If he was yeah, in a yeah, pre- okay, the Premier that's, League that's, bias. That's more. That's what I want to get into. Yeah. Yeah. 
He'll be up there with like Aguero. Like people will say, like, yeah, him, Aguero. Nah, no, I, think, I, think, I think he's Aguero. better than Aguero. What? Yeah. Them, yeah. Yeah. In the Premier League? I think, like, yeah, no, I think we need to, we nah, need to show they'll up. Become, they'll be debating him with Henri, mate. Yeah, no, nah, um, yeah, I think people need to maybe need to sober up. He's definitely um, a little bit, probably a bit ahead of Aguero um, mm. in terms of. That production is is crazy. The dur- his durability is another thing that I think people don't recognize. Um, he doesn't get injured as like any as much anywhere near as someone like Aguero. Oh, He's obviously a lot more reliable. Um, mm-hmm. I think the the thing with him is yeah the 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 fact that he does play in Germany will, will work against him. But then, then you got to remember there was times where he was linked heavily with people like Real Madrid. Um, also the Champions League stuff. Um, so like the the three four goals he scored against Real Madrid in that game um, yeah, he's like he's a massive 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 player do you know what I mean um, it's hard Stand it's up. hard because I, I can't come and pretend and say that I watch I watch like German football and watch Lewandowski week in week out but again like Claire, what, what, when you say um, people need to sober up what is that what's that regarding ranking oh like in terms of so in terms of like comparing it comparing him more to to someone like Aguero I think he's I think he's he's gone from him still I think he's like okay. And I think Aguero is fantastic. Don't get it twisted. But I think the the fact that he can he can mash that many goals, especially at this stage, like twenty nine, thirty, um, still kind of, bruv. That's what I'm saying. So like maintaining mm. that level. Obviously, the 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 quality of the league will, will count against him hundred percent. But there was when he's at the peak of his powers. Well, he still is more more or less. Um, he was scoring five goals in a game and that scoring like flipping bicycle kicks from the edge of the box. Do you get what I mean? Monumental <laughs> in the air or um, flipping, like, fantastic, silky first-touch turns, can play people in. Like, only thing, really, that isn't necessarily a smart against him is probably, like, lack of pace. But even then, he gives everybody hell. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a sick, sick nine. I, I think I, find, I would find it difficult to necessarily put him in a ranking just because of um, what I've seen in my lifetime. But, yeah, no, he's a top, top player still. And, um, and, and people could say the quality of the league, yeah, but... Um... Other players in the German league aren't aren't, aren't getting I'm close to him in, terms, goals, of, yeah, in yeah. terms of the volume of goals and the, and the yeah. frequency of goals that that he bags. And he's doing it in Europe as well, man. Like for for me, like you could you could play in a dead league, but it's too, it's a bit like um it's a bit like Haaland in that he was playing in um where, where was Austria. he Salzburg Austria. So mm. they were like, yeah, okay, he's slapping these goals, but the quality of his league. But when he came and played in the Champions League. He was still slapping goals there as well, and Lewandowski's literally done that for the in, for the entirety of his 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 career. From he from he bust, and we knew about him, um, and he started doing it, and he's done it for his national team as well. Like wherever he has been, he has clapped goals like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So and was, eat it, eat it. You can't, that's, there's huh. not many strikers that can talk to him. And oh, what, he's, what 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 he's won as well. Again, yeah, you could say, yeah, the league. He plays for a dominant team in the league. Or the, or, there's all of that. But everything that's already been said in terms of his performance level, his consistency. Like, you, 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 you've given us numbers which are saying 40 goals a season. Yeah, for the, the last five season. years. That is, that is crazy, bro. It's How insane, many games did he play this insane. season so far? That's crazy. That's about 40 already. Uh, I'm not too sure, you know. I'd have to, I'd have to double check that. That's crazy. You got forty already. I think it's, I think it's more than like a goal a game, anyway, bro. That's you started this season. Forty already. They're well, they're like halfway through the season or something. So I played twenty four in the league. Twenty four. Yeah, he's he's back twenty six. 
Jesus. Oh, 26 man. in 24. Damn, in the league, Christ. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm one of them people, yeah. There's a point where, like, I thought, I think Kane had a season where he scored 40 something. Do you get what I mean? And when he did that, I yeah. was like, yeah, Kane's better than Lever. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, that's what I think that proximity in terms of seeing Kane regularly is probably what made me feel like that. Because now, like when you when you when I look at when I look back at that shout, yeah, like off the one season, you might have said, yeah, maybe he's eclipsing him a bit. But then you look two years down the line now, and it's like doing it, man. there's bruv. So you know what I mean there's there's levels, there's levels mm-hmm. to it. And obviously Kane's top, but um and I think he, even though he I think he is current currently on a slight decline, um, it's just proof again that when you're at that level the, the quality you replicate um, and the consistency um, that you're doing it at is 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 kind of more testament to the player or the quality of player you are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If he was to come to this country, I've, I feel we'll bag like 25 plus every season. I think he like, because he's got. Yeah, uh, he'll mash right to you. He'll mash right to you. I think he'll mash it because he's got the he's got the physicality to do so. He's yeah. So I think there's nothing when when you're looking. There's nothing stopping him. From, from doing it. And someone like, like yeah. especially when you consider someone like Zlatan coming at 34, 35 and, and pretty what, much. Plus goals. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's just like, yeah, we need to yeah, give him his juice. But he's bagged um, 11 in the Champions League, so 26 in the league. That might even include today's goal. It might not. I'm not sure. No, I don't, I don't, think, it include, I don't think it includes today's goal. I think today's right. take, takes him to 40. Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Yeah, so that's twenty seven. Oh wait, wait, wait. Oh, does it? Oh, it might be today's goal. I don't know. 26, 26, 27 in the league and eleven in the Champions League. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm not sure about cups for this season. Three, three, I think. I don't think that's for this season though. Yeah, nineteen twenty three. Oh, so he's back three. There yeah. you go. Okay, so there, there you go, so man. You can, I swear, like, I swear, like, on the pep, he he started on the bench, and he come on, he bagged like five goals. Yeah. Oh, that's up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast. Yeah, it was yeah, like, it was that's where that pet meme came from. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Disbelief. It's mad, yeah, because when I said about the five goals, I forgot he came off the bench. I literally just, thought, I just remember the five. Yeah, come off yeah. the bench. I think those the that, that ain't the only one time that he's yeah, but that ain't, I swear that's not the only one time that he's back. No, but that, that was a time no, I was talking about. Goals but I swear, no, back five, five goals in the game this season, uh, earlier this season as well. In the league, in the league. Crazy, crazy, crazy. crazy. Even yeah. a four against Madrid, like in the Champions League, big games, like he does it in big games as well. Cool. He went to Dort- He went to the final with Dortmund before he went to Munich as well, isn't it? Yeah. So basically, yeah. Um. So today, sorry, quickly off the back of that, we're going to answer this question quite quick. Um. So the Hargreaves was saying. Right now, he's the best striker in the world, best number nine in the world. What are you guys' thoughts on that shout? Yeah, can't, yeah, can't argue with it. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been at that level now. I mean, who, 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 who we debate? Who we debating him with? I, I think. Uh, I think it think? makes. I think it makes sense to be honest. Um, when I think of all the top nines, can't think of something ahead. 
all the top all the top nines I feel like are maybe kind of on their way down. Mm-hmm. Someone like Aguero, um, someone like Suarez, like oh, people yeah. like Suarez. Sorry, yeah, they're like yeah. they're just not hitting the same at the same way in the same way that they were previously. Whether it mm-hmm. be goals or like overall level of performance and influence. Um, like Cavani, Cavani, yeah, like Cavani's Cavani on the bench and like yeah. in and out of it sort of thing. So yeah, I think in terms of um, you know his his peers, and if his peers are the, are the players that are supposedly the top top of their game, Benzema, um, yeah, I think I think he's 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 probably performing yeah probably performing in the best at the best level. The thing that um, Lazio, I don't know how many goals he's scored. What's his name again? Immobile. Yeah, he's he's banging goals. It's clap goals, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bring him. I wouldn't. Close I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't um, it's clap yeah. goals this season, but I would say he's up there with Lewandowski. Yeah, but no, nah, I wouldn't say that. I would, I would say that with what I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that the 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 consistent. It's for me. Is for me consistency goes a long way as well. To say like 100%. yeah, you've done it in one season, cool. But you do it season again, like no one can chat to you if you're doing this. Um, like, Time and again, no, no one's got. We're no talking two hundred plus goals, you know. Mm. Yeah. You know, All right, cool. In one, in in in, literally, um, just very very quick. I'm gonna go through everybody and just take everybody's answers. Um, Lewandowski clapped two hundred goals, currently thirty one. If you had the chance to buy, what do you think his market price will be? So, Shab, do you start first? Market price. Currently, right now, for 40, 40, 40 M's. 40 M's, cool. Mm. Samuel, what will his market price be? Uh, depends on the wage. What's, what's his like, wage region? Is it so like... Probably going to be like 250, 2, yeah. 250. Yeah. Ooh, then I'd, I'd say like 20 mil, you know? 20 mil? 20, 25, yeah. Jesus. Is that, is that how much you'd pay for him or is that what you think is his um, value is? Like he's oh, value. Value. Yeah. oh, 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 not what I pay. Oh, value 50. I'd say 50. 50. Market value, I'd say 50. Yeah, all right, cool. Ellis, yeah, I'll say 50 as well because of his age. Age, gloomy. Um, obviously, like it's harder because you don't, like, don't know how many years he's got on this deal and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. someone like obviously Van Persie went in a different time for around 25 mil with his with his deal, with his deal one, one year left. Mm-hmm. With one year left on his deal, sorry. Um, so yeah, in this current climate, probably like forty around that. Um, depending on what 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 they're saying in terms of how how much he's got left on his deal, and obviously because he's so old, or well, not old, but you get the vibe in it. Like yeah. yeah, probably around maybe yeah, 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 yeah. forty forty low end of forty, high thirty. I'd say. Fair enough for me. After seeing what Ibra could do at the Prem uh, for Man United, I'm a slut. I'd pay seventy million for him. <laughs> Bring him in, mate. Bring him in. I need to because for me, uh, for me, I think he wins Man United the league and it's worth it. But Ebra was wasn't Ebra free? Yeah, yeah, it's free. Yeah, Yeah, no, 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 mate. I've suffered now. I've suffered enough, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Seventy mil. Come on, kill yourself. You don't got money to throw away. He said it's not 9 a.m. anymore, boy. Yeah, no. <laughs> even, if, even if it's just two years, he's worth the couple Two years, years. bro. He's, he's worth it, man. Bro, do you know, the co- do you know like, the cost <laughs> across them two years would probably be? He's worth the two years. Like, like 100, and, 100 and something mil, bro. YOLO, man. Bro, that's Yolo. 30, 30, 30 goals. Bro. YOLO, we move. We move. 
Listen, bro. You lot are crazy, man. Um, anyway, yeah. So, moving slightly off football, uh, this week, well, last week, well, this week, um, Danny Rose was in the media for, you know, going on the rant. I didn't see the rant. Uh, Ellis, you spoke a bit a, a bit about this in the, in, in the group. Um, what, what do you think about the rant and, and what was actually said so we can kind of go through it? Uh, firstly, what do I think about it? I think is actually, no, firstly, what was said was that, obviously, um, they were think the government was saying bring back football for the nation's morale, try and bring up the spirits, um, get people happy again, whatnot. Um, Danny Rose just flat out came out and said that, don't give a fuck about the nation's morale, to be fair. <laughs> and um, obviously that's yeah, that's paraphrased, but it, it was more like, look, there's lives at stake. Nobody knows what's happening. Why don't we just take time, be safe before we do anything and play any football? That like, everyone was like, oh yeah, come on, like people need to play. But Danny Rose is just basically saying like, I'm a bit scared to play. Um, I don't care about the nations, but what about us as human beings? Like, like obviously someone in the group chat said that like, the players, the players have families, referees have families. You know what I mean? The um, officials within within all sets of clubs have families and friends. So what about them? Are we going to bypass all their feelings and their life because of the nation's morale? Which I agree with him. I'm like, fam, fuck the nation's morale, fam. Stay inside your house, man. People are dying in, in a hospital. Like 30,000 plus people have died like that nation's morale, man. Everyone stay inside your house, bro. I think there's a lot of things, and it's showing you this, like there's more things to life than football, in it. I get it, we all want to watch football. Like yesterday, we we had our fix, we enjoyed it. But when, we, when you look at the bigger things, man, football will always be there, isn't it? When you lose your life, you lose your life. You, there's no, I mean, there's no duplicate. So I'm making make right, man. Yeah, I think... I think, I think the whole boost, like the morale thing, uh, that's where I know it's a dickhead thing. Like that's... Yeah, me. That's just an excuse, man. He's morale like what war and all the soldiers are... Lost fam. <laughs> like, uh, morale. What? What we all got Xboxes and the Netflix and Netflix. all of that. Well, we're video calling each other and they're talking about morale, fam. What? That's being. <laughs> I think it's. I think also, it's so, so simplistic because, like, it's an assumption that, like, the whole nation follows football. Like, there's a whole about football. Like, morale, is, you, you, know, you, you know when you know the government's just clutching at straws when it's morale because half the nation don't care about football. As big as, yeah. as big as as big as it is, as big as the following is, actually, there's loads of people who can't give two like two tosses. About five five people play. live in this house. I'm the only person that cares about football. Oh, right. uh, we go then. Yeah, so and I, I, just on that, yeah, what I find like quite interesting is obviously early on, like a couple of weeks ago, um, there was this kind of call on footballers to do their bit, and they kind of made them scapegoats regarding mm. you know the amounts of what they earn basically is kind of what mm. that what that um, attack was based on. Um, and it was very, very easy to use footballers in particular, like as if they're the only wealthy group of people in the whole of England. Um, mm. That also contribute massively through tax, by the way, um, to um, for them to do something, basically. And it's like now, eight weeks down the line, um, as if they haven't been fucking shit up, like consistently, um, in the ivory tower sort of thing, it's it's like okay, cool. Now, let's let's distract ourselves from this and bring football for, football back. And obviously, as, I, what one of the things that I find most frustrating is that people, a lot of people, feel as though um, they don't have a a right to to have reservations, that they don't have a right mm. to not want to play, um, that their fears um, should be com- should be compared 
all, all their situations should be compared with key workers or people that are obviously being instructed to go in. It's so silly. Like, football of all things, like, obviously, I'm not saying they should, they're any different, or, but of all things, um, it's something that we shouldn't necessarily be pushing to go back if you don't have to. I think no one should be working right now if they don't have to. Um, and I can imagine that, like, people like Troy Deeney have spoken, Mark Noble has spoken, and even just, like... Um, with what it takes to get football off the ground in terms of like what we were talking about with German teams training. They need six weeks of training. Yeah. There's, loads of, there's loads of factors that go into it in terms of, you know, that risk for them, basically. It's not just them getting onto the pitch. There's so many people and so many things that need to be done. I find it just crazy, like, that a response, some of the responses to that, that comment has have, have been negative. Um, yeah. I certainly would not be going to work to, to boost anybody's morale. Oh, of course yeah. not, man. Yeah, I've, 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 the stigma as well with um, football is weight. I feel like people view football as these people that's won the lottery or have got lucky. Like it's Literally. it's like this money that almost they're not entitled to or they shouldn't be having. Like everyone everyone views them as earning too much. And um, touching on oh oh, uh, I feel people lack like emotional intelligence in the sense where people. When, when, like, footballers are feeling depressed or feeling down or don't want to play, they always say things like, oh, if I was earning that amount, I would do this. And they should be doing X, Y, and Z. They should sacrifice X, Y, and Z because of how much they get paid. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you... If anything, the more money you earn, the less it matters. I think, I think, I think that's it. I'm going to say a couple of things. I can't remember whether I said it here on the main pod, like... Um like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, whether I was saying it on the Touchy Gunas pod, but I'm saying footballers, yeah, are, are probably like the one, um, or not even just footballers, athletes of the profession where I just think like we, we're, we're so privy to so much of their private lives. And actually, mm. in I can't think of many other professions, yeah, where their salary, their um, annual income, their monthly income or whatnot will be reported and broadcast and, and, uh, for the public eye. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, actually, what you earn is a very private thing. It doesn't matter that they're millionaires. Like, it's a very private thing. Like, I wouldn't want my um, earnings being out there in the public eye for people because what it does, whether you rightly or wrongly, it influences people's perception of you. You see what I'm saying? You're like, mm. you, the, 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 the perception of you if you're a man who earns two million a year to the perception of you if you're a man who earns four million a year is different. You see what I'm saying? To the man who earns 10 mil, it's different. So I think, like, we don't respect enough like the privacy, um, the private lives of footballers. We feel like as a nation, like, you know, they owe us. Do you see what I'm saying? Not taking into mm. account the contributions that they make to um, to um, HMRC every year, um, mm -hmm. their tax contributions. Not taking into account that like, you know, they are, they're, they're, they're professionals who are um, the highest performing, they're athletes basically in top of their field, yeah? And are being paid, yeah? Um, as assets by their football clubs. It's not, like, taxpayers' money isn't what funds footballers. Like, it's businesses, isn't it? Like, Man United is a business and they can only pay what they can afford. They're not going to pay their players stuff that they can't afford to pay. You see what I'm saying? So, it's, it's, it's run like that. I just think a lot of it is out of hand. And I think just coming back to it about um, Danny Rose and that like, footballers being able to... Um, reserve their right to say actually i don't think it's okay you can't go from a position of, in the government where seven eight weeks ago they were saying to everyone stay home save lives nothing has changed like mm -hmm. nothing has changed there's no 
um, all of a sudden there's a miracle cure. It's about containment. So the government feels that things are slightly, not greatly, slightly better contained now. And so they feel that, yeah, okay, we can start to shift some things. But even the guidance on that is not clear enough. So how can you, like, I don't think that they have been clear in speaking to organisations and saying, yeah, your organisation can return and these are the reasons why your organisation can return, your industry can return. And it, it, it actually doesn't make sense. I think like, there's, we're there's, just on that. Um, a lot of it is just obviously with a view to start it in, let's say, five, six weeks. So I guess that's where um, there is like that element of, okay, there, there will be a bit of consideration for time for when we start. Like They're not saying start tomorrow. Um, I don't know if necessarily that's anything to, you know, it, I don't know if that really matters that much. What difference is is, is today and six weeks or September really going to make, to be honest? Um, unless unless there is something that they're saying, you know, no one's going to get it and everyone's fine sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I just thought, I think that just, yeah, the reaction to to him was funny. And even even the um, stuff about that, like, I saw people in comments talking about, um, yeah, maybe they should be furloughed. And 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 earn two earn earn two thousand five hundred pound a week and see how they, see yeah, how they yeah. like it then as if that would I, I take the yeah. level of risk that 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 they have. Do you oh, get what I mean? I think I think it's just I didn't finish what um what I was saying. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. But um just 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 quickly, sorry. My last bit is that like um it's all well and good as well. The government saying yeah, football can and should return, but at the end of the day, there's still no there's still there's still this dispute about liability and actually. It's good that players like Troy Deeney are coming forward and speaking up, that Danny Rose is speaking up. They are human beings. This is about their lives. And say that first and foremost. But secondly, there's a dispute about who accepts liability. And so if a player catches coronavirus, yeah, if a player goes out and plays a match here yeah, and gets ill, yeah, or if a player dies, yeah, who takes responsibility for that? Is it the football yeah. club as the employer? Is it the league? The Premier League who have regulated that, yeah, boom, this, 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 um, that, that the competition needs to go ahead. Is it the, um, is it like the Department for Sports, Media and Culture? Um, is it the government? Because the government have just given loose guidelines to the um, Department for Sports. Department for Sports are saying we're not accepting it. We're refusing to comment on it. It's down to you lot, the league. The league, like. There's not been no legal advice. There's not been no advice from like a kind of human resources perspective. Um, they've gone to club doctors to ask for their opinion on whether it's safe enough to play. Club doctors are saying, listen, we don't know if it's safe enough to play. The World Health Organization doesn't know if it's safe enough to play. How can we turn around and give you that advice? You see what I'm saying? Do you know how damaging that would be for a club doctor if he okayed it and then something went wrong? That's on him. That's on his career. He, he'll get ripped of his... Um, um, professional registration, like lawsuits, libel, all types of stuff. You see what I'm saying? So it's such a, it's such a big thing that I just think uh, the government are playing with and not considering what the, what, what the players say is. And the bottom line, the players are the single most important entity in the sport of football. And if the players are coming together and saying, we're not playing, we can't play. We can't, can't play. I just, I, and also, also, obviously, to round up, I just think it's a thing whereby... These men are majority of men are from working class backgrounds, isn't it? and and I think it's them ones where people are looking at them like, "Oh, we're just the same people. How come you get to do this and I don't get to do that?" In it, but it just goes down to the, the way society looks at people. In it, if you're of a certain certain background from a certain place, then you shouldn't have certain things. Uh, and 
and that's what they look at. And I think it's it's nonsense, but if you work hard like these ballers, these men worked hard, didn't it? These men these men put the work in from eight years old, nine years old, they were going up north. Imagine you're nine years old, you're going up north to play football. Uh, you get to 16, a lot of you, you're better than a lot of your peers. I think they deserve to be where they are. And, and like you said, Shab, like first and foremost, they're human beings at the end of the day. Uh, when, you, when you all strip it down and that, they're all human beings like the rest of us. And the majority of us are not going to go to work if they say we don't have to go to work. So I, I don't blame Danny Rose or any footballer saying that. Though. Listen, I'm shook. I think uh, Guerrero come out and said he's shook. He's shook to play. So you can't you can't blame them, man. It, 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 how much how much ever they earn is irrespective of what's going on right now, man. And just the, no, the, the, the country is is mad. It's mad, man. No, that's that's facts. Um, and it's funny. I haven't even heard. I didn't even hear that Aguero thing. Um, but kind of like, kind of staying on a similar vein of footballers speaking out, but about something totally well, actually the same, but in a totally different. Uh, tone or context. Ennio Luco, former uh, professional footballer. Um, I don't want to paraphrase, so I've got the comments here. So Ennio Luco tweets, I think it was after uh, one of the updates uh, from, the, from the government. She tweets, as expected, the same people baffled about what returning to work means are crystal clear and tweeting with joy with the extension of furlough to October. Furlough is needed, but has perpetuated a culture of do nothing and entitlement. I don't know if you guys heard me, because did you guys hear me? Yeah, just yeah, I caught that. All right, cool. And then her second, her second tweet. Somebody said something to her, and the second tweet was, "Well, unfortunately, death is a daily occurrence in all parts of the world before this crisis. When people were dying in other parts of the world before this crisis, did you stop working? Probably not." So I think somebody probably questioned her tweets regarding people dying and stopping work, and that was her response. Obviously, she went on private, but she is followed by, I think, 80,000 people, so it made no sense. My question is, now, um, allegedly, the reason why I say allegedly is because I can't remember and I haven't got the tweets in front of me to prove it, Enya Luko votes Conservative. I don't, you know, people listen to this podcast from any political background, whatever you want to do, wherever you want to vote, it's up to you. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Um, but socially, when we look at, you know, the world and we look at how the world is, uh, you know, we align certain things with certain things. And that's what we naturally do. It's just bias, um, just depending on, you know, how you've grown you know what you what you vote for as a, as a person. You align certain things with certain things. So, um, the question I wanted to ask is, when we get the you know the the footballers speaking out and um, you know speaking out about racism and different injustices regarding football, that's something that's affected them. And you know we want footballers to come out and speak, but is that the is that where the line stops or when footballers have political 
uh, alliances or things along them lines or social comments like what's going on now you know because we heard Trey Deeney we heard Danny Rose and we heard the positive sides and now we're seeing you know a negative side where Enio Luca said those comments do we censor this type do we censor all social speech or do we allow them to speak and how do we feel about her comments that's what I want to really say um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk on the first the, the first point you made like censorship of comments family if, if you've got something to say say in it you just have to um, bite the bullet on whatever you say in it so if it's negative you're gonna have to take <laughs> you're gonna have to take the rough with the smooth you understand you can't you can't be praised for saying one thing like she was praised for outing the former Mark Sampson she was praised for outing him that like, rightfully so but this one now she has to she has to buy the bullet. So I don't I don't think like him again, footballers are human beings in it, so they're they're entitled to say what they want to say. So um in regards to the comments, like yeah, she just has to get pounds for that still. You know, you know what I mean? Now explain explain the comments to me again because I didn't I didn't see the tweets. So the tweets sorry, the tweets she basically said so the first tweet was as expected the same people baffled about what returning to work means are crystal clear and tweeting with joy with the extension of furlough to October. Furlough is needed, but it's perpetuated a culture of do nothing and entitlement. So I don't want to... Classism. Classism team. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. So that's that's basically what she's... She's looking down at... at, at Yeah, looking down at... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Classism team. I think... I think... um, on that, yeah. But obviously, we're not like, we can't expect, like you said, Danny Rose, Troy Dini, whoever else, like, they've all had maybe um, opinions that, like, the majority of people would agree with. So it's like, it's easier to, to kind of promote that sort of free speech in that way because a lot of people only want free speech when people are saying things that they like. Do you get what yeah, I'm saying? Um, but with, with regards to that, I just think the comment in itself is really stupid and insensitive, basically. I think that's what the that's what the crux of it of the issue is. Um, what she said and what she's what she's chosen to tweet even, um, she's done without thinking or considering obviously this, the the nuance and the context of various people's situations. Um, and uh, and obviously like even that little it's very condescending. Would you like to say that oh we don't understand the mixed messaging which was quite mixed? Stay alert. I don't know how you can stay alert from something you don't see. Um, and then obviously like a government briefing on on following of course there's going to be a different they they delve more into the into the briefing than they would um like with the messaging it makes more it does make sense you know what i'm saying so even that like is poor on her part and i think um just generally speaking like with regards to political alliances and stuff obviously it leaves a sour taste in your mouth someone like john barnes do you know what i mean like that all that sort of stuff rattled i couldn't i literally couldn't believe it but at the same time it's like those are man's views i just don't pay attention to them anymore I just don't that's give it. them the time of day. Do you get what I'm saying? That's and it. I think that's, um, that's, that's all we all you can really do. Enia Luko is a bright, bright woman. She's a lawyer as well as like a footballer. Do you get what I mean? So she knows what she said. She meant what she said. And that's okay. But or I don't know if it is okay personally, but um, well, I'd say I don't agree with it. But yeah, it's just one of them things you just got to like, you just got to leave it and ignore. But yeah, yeah proper, proper, like, like I said, yeah, she's got to bite the bullet for it because it's an outrageous comment. She's just yeah, she needs to hold it still. Again. Yeah, she's a, you, obviously we can't sense what people like these are people's using it we can't, mm-hmm. you would have thought you would have hoped that these people won like any Luko she's sporting director of Aston Villa 
I mean, she's a lawyer, so you would have thought she can use her you can, you, can, you can list like loads of people's like accolades and and their intellect in general, but like mm. your intellect is a, is is heavily weighed by your EQ. Do you know what I'm saying? And she's clearly disconnected. Like she's disconnected from people that aren't her. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she, it enables her to to speak for people she doesn't know. She reminds me of, I, 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 I was like mentoring and running free workshop for kids in, in the Owlsbury Estate um, at a community center. And I remember people, there were people um, that used to fund um, the community center. Not, not they funded, but they were behind the government that was doing the funding. And they used to always, I used to always hear them speak about like estate kids and knife crime and things like that. And they used to always come up with these suggestions, like these, these blanket suggestions on why, on how like they can, you can get knife crime down and how you can do this, that, and that. And when you listen to them, it's so disconnected. They are so unaware, but they confidently speak like they know. Like they confidently speak from a space of disconnect, but they speak like they're connected. And with her, she's, she's talking about people's sense of entitlement and wanting to do nothing. I, what... Where does she get like? Does she know all these people that are on furlough? Like, what, like, what is? Is she running with a circle that? I, like, I, it, to me, it's clearly a disconnect, and I feel she just speaks from a space of assumption, and she reminds me of annoying white people. If I'll be honest with you, that's what she reminds me of. Cool. Yeah. No. Um. Uh, uh, you know. Again. What, what Samuel saying? She had a current moment. A current uh, moment. That's a current moment from her. Yeah. You know yeah, what? I think you worded it better than me. Right. <laughs> I I was be- I was not PC there. Karen <laughs> was very PC. Thank you. I retract my statement. You had a Karen moment. She reminds me of Karens. <laughs> yeah. So um, basically, for me, or just on my on my the way how I look at it, I just kind of think it's just like. Um, it's interesting it's like when there's somebody you look you you look up to and well I'm not more speaking about me because for me I've learned to just you know blank out things like footballers say because you'll be disappointed but let's say like a young kid that's growing up in a particular era or whatever um you know when you look at somebody that may have been your hero, so like a, a young black girl or whatever, her hero might have been Enya Luko. Enya Luko went through racism, something similar that this young black girl could could relate to. And then, you know, she goes and said something like that that's quite insensitive. Um, it's, it's just It just makes me think like about, you know, you, you live you live long enough to become a villain. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like it's one of those ones. Is it just it, it reminds me of of that saying, and I just find it I just find it quite interesting. Like I, I find it quite interesting, and I don't want footballers to be censored at all or ex footballers. I want them to them I want them to continue to say how they feel, and then fans or whoever can pick what side they stand on, and I feel like that's fair. Uh, for for anybody, you know, you know what I'm trying to say because you know there's people and you, you know you get those racists or whatever every time Troy Deeney speaks or or even when you touch on fucking what happened to Ian Wright, you know what I mean? Got that stupid little racist in the in his comments, just you know just just chatting shit or 
or whatever because because you know Ian just because Ian Wright's black. Do you know what I mean? Like not 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 even to mention if Ian Wright said something pro-black or said something you know liberal, what type of comments he'd get in his. You, you, do you know what I'm trying to say? So again, I just want people to say how they feel, and you know, you know, and I don't want them to be censored, and yeah, just people just yeah, just pretty much just say how you feel, man. Um, um, yeah, so just gonna move on to well, we've got one listener's questions, but it's, there's a question from me that I really wanted to to ask. So currently, in the Premiership, uh, let me get the table because I screenshotted it. In the Premiership, the table stands as so obviously, yeah, whatever. There's a team at first place, and then you got City. Uh, let's whoa, 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 yeah, Arsenal are ninth, mad. But uh, but you say Arsenal are, are ninth. I relax. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. One second, one second. Arsenal are ninth here with a game in hand, um, and they they are five points behind um, Manchester United in fifth, and eight points behind Chelsea in fourth. What I really wanted to ask is, everybody's coming back from injury. Who does? It, in regards to the Champions League places, and we're not talking, so Liverpool, you're not involved in this one, um, but I would still like you guys to comment. But yeah, the Champions League uh, battle, who does this um, Who does this benefit more in the Champions League, in a race for Champions League? Because again, you've got Spurs, they're getting um, Harry Kane back, Son, he was on doing his Korean thing. He's he's coming back soon. I think he was doing like a Korean <laughs> service or something. I don't know, bro. I don't yeah, know what you're saying. Military service. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, military service. Yeah. So he's yeah, he's in Korea doing the military service. Who else? Mora, and then you know what I mean. Arsenal, I don't know who they had injured, but you know, you know what their man are on anyway. Oh, Kenny, Kenny was out injured. That's a that's a um. Is that big, yeah? Is that big? 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 Come on, am I allowed to speak? No, go, 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 bro. Go. Is it because you are, are, are angry about never lifting the title that I can't speak? No, cook, cook, bro, cook, cook. Do your thing, do your thing, Sal. I was just saying, Ten is missing. It is a big deal when you consider that we we've had to play an eighteen-year-old. Uh, winger at left back. That's a big deal for me, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, he's he's the main one. A couple, couple, couple minor cool. things. So, like so yeah. So to, to to answer my question, who do you guys think this benefits if the season kicks off with everybody's injuries coming back and the race for top four being so tight? We don't know what's happening with City yet. So who who does it benefit? I think it. I think it benefits every single team who has a a, a player back who is missing. I will caveat that though. So, for example, Tottenham. It's a benefit that they will be able to select Harry, both Harry Kane, Son, um, Lucas Moura, and whatnot. I okay. will caveat it though with the whole 
yeah, but again, players haven't played for such a long time now. They'll be lacking. Um, they'll be lacking match fitness, game sharpness. Um, it might take a little while. Form's going to be indifferent. So let me let me rephrase that question. Mm. Who gets into the top four? I'm going to say. How many points are United off? I want to so say. So my 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 United my United are three points from Chelsea, and I'm going to be no no brave. same 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 games. Yeah, same games. I I want to be brave and say that, I, I and I just have this feeling that Chelsea and United both will manage to get into the um, Champions League, and I feel like Leicester will. Um, We'll drop out. Drop out of it. Uh, yeah. Man United are eight points away from Leicester. Chelsea are... Pog- it was Chelsea five points, yeah. And United are eight points. Mm, eight points. Yeah. Pog- Pogba and Rashford coming back is massive. Mm-hmm. Huge. It's massive. Mm. Huge. Um, so, yeah, so what, what's but, everyone's but, prediction? Let's run it down. Ellis, you, you, you start first. What's, what's your top four? If, uh, if, top. The se- when the season, if the season kicks off again and it ends with all the injuries coming back? Um, I don't want to be unfair to Chelsea. Yeah, I think it'll say the same top four, you know. Same top four, personally. Sam, what yeah. Sam, what are you telling me, bro? Uh, it's a hard one to call because it's really just three points, and I feel though it was already the teams are already quite inconsistent, and then with Jamin you know the the break and all of that, I just think it's going to be very inconsistent, and I feel that's going to make it harder to predict. Uh. I don't really know, fam. I don't really know. Kid, just, just give us I won't a quick be surprised. one. I won't yep. be surprised if Arsenal even comes in there. I won't be surprised if any of them random dons come in there. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but if if I had to get... It'll be between Chelsea and United, but I'll still... I'll give it to Chelsea just off the three points. So, I so, think so, they'll so, all be as inconsistent as each other. So basically the, the top four as it is right now? Yeah. Okay, cool. Shabs, what are you telling me? Yeah, I don't. I don't know why I've got this feeling that that Leicester are gonna slip away. Maybe because it's because they have been so um, consistent throughout the course of the season, um, and they haven't really had a run of bad results as teams do. Um, I, I I think they may drop out. But wait, United still got no, no. There's no European football, is there? Even if we come back, the Europe won't come back. I'm not too sure. I, I, I don't know. I've just got this feeling that United will be in there. Anyway, so I, I'm going to say United, Chelsea, City, Liverpool. Sick. Pelumi, Um, I've just had a quick like gander at um, Leicester's fixtures. And they've still got um, to play Arsenal away from home. Yes, Lord. Spurs away from home. Yes, Lord. Man United at home. Um, they've then got, they've also got Everton away. Um, Brighton at home. And obviously, Brighton are still fighting for relegation, that sort of stuff. Um, I haven't looked at anybody else's fixtures, but in terms of what Shabs was saying with regards to, you know, them falling by the wayside, um, like, momentum's so, so important. And this has completely killed all momentum. Do you get what I mean? So, I think, if anything, it might be a lot harder for a team like Leicester to replicate the form that they were showing than it would be um, for someone like, obviously, for, like, Chelsea or Man United, because we was already... In, I mean, Man United, they were picking up points like um or they had a decent solid run of form i think with us obviously we've been inconsistent throughout the year um by that like stretch we had a a good stretch of like seven games um but yeah so someone like leicester i think they might find it a bit more difficult or they've also got Watford away, which is going to be a hell like hellish game 
Um, yeah, and I guess the only thing you could say is that the away games aren't are less impactful solely because, you know, there's no fans. So there's no atmos. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I'd, 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 I wouldn't be shocked. I'd probably give it just Chelsea and Man United top four. Cool. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd probably go the same. Uh, but I wouldn't be shocked if Spurs managed to shithouse them their, their way back into the top four with Harry Kane, Lucas Moura and Jose Mourinho um, finding a way. Yeah, Kane, Kane's probably going to come back and score because he looks like someone that slaps goals in training and the behind-closed-door goals, I mean, <laughs> the behind-closed games feel like training games still, so I, think I can Kane, imagine. I think Kane's going to cut goals for them. I think with Tottenham, though, they have been poor defensively um, this season. It goes back to um, Pochettino being there as well, which has been uncharacteristic of them in recent years. But they have been so poor, and I think some of a, a lot of that has been down to the personnel as well, and a lot of individual errors. I'm not a fan of Lloris, I've said for, for time. He will be back as well, won't he, by the way? He had that dislocated um, elbow, didn't he? Oh, but yeah. he, should be, he should be back. But I, I have never been a fan of this guy. I've always thought he's, he's a good goalie, but it, it kind of stops there. Um, he's not like a top-level top, top level goalie. He's always got a mistake in him, to be fair. So I think defence, and I think some of the defenders as well haven't been... Um, performing anywhere near the standard, and again, like, but but it could all just be irrelevant and go out the window. I think we'll see lots of inconsistencies. But I like Tottenham for what they promised going forward. But defensively, I can see them just being a nightmare, especially under this Mourinho guy. Cool. Um, last question. Didn't get many questions today. What's this guy's? Uh, One more quick question. Oh, um, yeah. What's the gap with Spurs? For top four? Uh, Spurs currently... What's Spurs saying? Spurs are not far off. Spurs are... Spurs are one point ahead of Arsenal. Spurs so, yeah, Spurs... Oh, they're closer. They're not... Okay. Yeah, Spurs are, Spurs are seven cool. points. Seven points away from Chelsea. I oh, know, that's a fair shout, then. Yeah, Spurs are seven points away from Chelsea. Yeah, and we've got to bear in mind, we've got nine games left. Yeah. Still a lot of time for... A lot of twists and turns. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so um, this is a more a Man United related question, but I think it probably comes off the back of Wayne Rooney's uh, comments that we'll probably cover on Moga tomorrow. So just briefly, nobody has to really get into depth. Um, Master of Gap asks, was LVG fired way too early at United? You man can answer because I'm a United fan, I'm biased. Um, Do you know what's weird? I think like there's a lot of revisionism regarding LVG's time. I think like there's elements of it that I find I think just the context yeah in terms of where Man United were in terms of how far they were they had fallen at the time. Um I think they were less willing to take the crap performances basically than they would be like now, for instance. So I think when you consider that, you know, um he got you into the Champions League in one year and then in another year um you won an FA Cup and come fifth, like I think if Oli did fifth in an FA Cup this year, you know, people would say, wow. And I think, I don't think it's necessarily because LVG was sacked too quickly. I just think um, where Man United are as a club and where they've accepted that they are and where they want to get to, they're more willing to kind of take the the punches, the punches now, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like LVG's football, I think, even though I do think there was a vision, it was, the way it was implemented was quite crap. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? There was implementation of a lot of it was poor. Um, on the flip side, I do think you had the 
the benefit of like a, a high flying Martial. Obviously, it was only one year. Um, a high flying um, kind of a high flying. What do you call it? Rashford when he first came in. Um, some youth players coming through, regardless, irrespective of how good they were, there was still that same sort of blood in. But I think Man United as a team were still expected to do a little bit better than they were, mm. um, which is why I think it's difficult to say that actually, you know, um, they deserve. He didn't deserve to get sacked because it's it's a it's a tough one, yeah. But I'd, I'd, I'd say he got sacked around the right time. To be fair, it's a tough yeah, one. Yeah, I, I, I think I'll say that. I don't. I don't think he was playing. Because oh, I remember that time the football he was playing was very, very, um, very, very boring. Bro. It was boring. It was boring. Yeah. So I think probably sat to the right time. It's just obviously those questions are always asked when the person who's employed is rubbish in it. I just think the employment stages were bullshit from United. But I don't think it was. Yeah, it's right time. Right time. I don't ask. I don't think he was rubbish though. And that's the thing. He's not a rubbish manager. I think. No, he's not. No, no, no. It's about. Oh, sorry, sorry. What did you mean then? No, I meant the people after him. Oh, the people yeah. that were employed after. I don't. Oh. He's not a rubbish manager. I just yeah, think yeah. that that title was too boring for what. For what? Man United yeah, expect. Yeah, yeah, for the experience exactly. I'm saying. Yeah, because it, for me, it, it it comes down to like um, yeah, what 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 you want and what direction you want to go in. And um, David Moyes was the wrong appointment. Yeah, we know that. Um. You know, and they, they, they declined so much here and just didn't refresh and touch up the side in the way that they needed to um, evolve it. The thing with Fergie, Fergie was always building and rebuilding that side. Always, always. He'd make one, two acquisitions with an eye on not necessarily the next season, but the one after. So I'm going to buy this player now, but when he's going to come into effect is in two seasons' time, three seasons' time. And obviously, he was supposed to retire um, didn't, stuck in for a while longer, then won that final league, then went. Um, Moyes was just, you can write that off, uh, you should just completely write off Moyes and then LVG's come in and kind of, he, we, you know what he's about, yeah? You know what he's about, he's, you know, from, he's a, he's an older school style of manager as well, he comes from an old school way of thinking, very like, you know, Dutch, taskmaster, this is my philosophy, he would say that a lot and like, you know, but, um, the football was dull. And if you're about a process, then yeah, maybe they should have stuck with him for a bit longer. And I think um, the points that Palumi raised are, um, are, are, are very viable. Uh, you know, we finished fourth in his first season, he won the FA Cup. You think about re- revisionary and reflecting on that time then and if Man United fans and the culture around the club had been more accepting of, listen, we have to start from scratch. I think people would have been more accepting of what he was doing in that time. Definitely. But the football... It's like, can you stomach the football being so... Because it's, it's, it's not quite the same with Arsenal and Emery, but with Arsenal under Emery, the football was so dull, it got to a point where you're like, nah, this, this, this can't run. Like, we're not getting results. You know, some people can't live with that. Where some teams, they don't mind the football being dull if it means they're picking up results or if it means that the football has to be dull for a little while for them to get a bit further forward. They don't mind it. For a team like United, that stature, that size... You can't accept it. But I think I think just on that, the bottom line probably was that like someone like Klopp, for instance, um, he hit targets progressively each year, whereas LVG probably would have been perceived to have failed to meet that kind of next step. Do you know what I mean? By it, but in that season when he when he when they came fifth, because it was like we got into the Champions League and now we've gone back a step. Do you know what I mean? And we want something. We want this forward progression sort of thing. Um, 
so yeah, so I think maybe that's also that definitely would have counted against him. And um, even though some players did did play fairly well under him, um, just generally like even for some of the footballing decisions, like in terms of where players played, I know like Rooney was playing in midfield. The signings, Jesus, like yeah, massive issues there to be honest. Yeah, no, no, go, bro, go. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel with a club like United, I feel that outcome is pretty inevitable for any manager that plays that style of football. I feel um, results re- results um, will be like a temporary fix until the results don't come. When when that's the style of football, I feel United fans are the. the they're spoiled. That's the easiest way of putting it. Like they've, they've, they've had a wealth of happiness and enjoyment with great football and, uh, um, you know, great achievements. So to have a manager even come up with the goods and boring football or football they don't enjoy, I thought at some point it's, it's going to be in, inevitable in regards to maybe a manager that's deemed as progressive and um, not getting the results. I feel... Um, to, the tolerance, like tolerance, because tolerance levels are are a lot lower for um, a team that isn't entertaining the fans. I feel with someone like LVG, it was it was probably. I feel he did his job. I feel he did his job in terms of um, getting them to the next stage from the Moyes era and I feel the fa- the fans were just the, with with what happened with Moyes, there'll be there'll always be unrest till they were entertained, which is why every manager that's come after besides I think Oli was probably the first time where fans really felt like I'm enjoying this football or I'm enjoying watching United, which is why I feel a lot of the fans are supporting Oli more than other managers, even though other managers, there are probably other managers that performed um, better than Oli, like results-wise. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I definitely feel that Oli has like the aura of the the fact that he was an ex-player or whatever around him, and that's that's what kind of makes him um, not bulletproof, but he he's got a bit more rope. Plus, Fergie's their ex-player. Uh, he says all the right things. Um, yeah, so I feel like that's why he's got a bit more rope. In regards to LVG, um, yeah, make sure you listen to Make United Great Again. I'll give you my thoughts on that criminal. And, um, yeah, we'll just go from there. But, lads, thank you for turning up. It's been a very, very long podcast. I'm currently very tired. Um, but, yeah, I appreciate you guys for turning up um, and uh, delivering the content. You know, you've got to feed the streets. Um, but yeah, man, lads, thank you, thank you very much. Um, oh. yeah, man, make sure everybody hashtags touchland fracas. Peace. Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. 
If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio keto-friendly dairy snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Sports Social Podcast Network.